Hey there, and welcome to the Sponsor Talk podcast, where we interview some of the leading minds in the world of sponsorship marketing and discover the various ways in how brands interact with properties within sports, arts, film, music, you name it. Today, we've got a really exciting episode. We're actually here with Leah McNabb, the general manager of NBA Canada. Leah, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. We, uh, well, today is officially the start of the NBA playoffs. So are you guys excited? Yes, very excited. Game one today. <laughs> um, so for, for those of us who don't know, um, maybe we can start off by sharing a little bit about you, who you are, some of the roles and responsibilities you have um, in your current role and, and how you got there. So I would love to learn the story behind it. Yeah, sure. So as managing director, it's my responsibility to develop and expand the NBA's business in Canada. So ultimately trying to grow the number of fans that we have here. So I oversee everything from media, partnerships, licensing, special events uh, like the NBA Canada series presented by Bell and um, basketball development, including our junior NBA program. So, you know, I've been at the league about 15 years now. And uh, when I joined, I was a coordinator of uh, sponsorship and licensing. Uh, I've done quite a few different roles in the time between then and now, but when I started, I never really, you know, imagined that we'd have one in two Canadians join to watch the Raptors win their first ever championship, um, or that we'd see so many Canadians in the league. So when I joined, you know, Steve Nash was it. Now we have about 20 Canadians in the league, and, and it's incredible to kind of live through all of the excitement, especially right now as we're about to go into our first ever um, playoffs in a bubble. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, like you joined NBA Canada in 2005. Um, a lot of things has changed in the last 15 years. So when you first got to the NBA Canada offices, like, is that what you envisioned for your career or, or did you envision something different? So if we're, you know, talking like Leah as like a 10 year old, I wanted to be the first elected female prime minister of Canada, obviously career uh, took me somewhere else, but uh, I, I joined the NBA because I really wanted to work in an environment where there were a type people, like where kind of you could work hard and get rewarded for your efforts, um, where everyone brought their best work every day. And I, loved it like just have always loved being part of the NBA family and and just that environment and so I don't think I envisioned you know myself working at the NBA forever uh we have a joke we call them NBA lifers uh I might now qualify as a lifer but the the beauty is the the challenges just there keep being new challenges and new things to to try to kind of master and that is the beauty of uh of this job so I'm I'm thrilled to be here and hoping to stay for a while Mm-hmm. So if, if I look back at the last year, like it was, it was a pretty crazy year for the NBA in general um, with the Toronto Raptors becoming the NBA champions, but an amazing year for the NBA Canada offices. Like it was the most watched NBA season ever in Canadian history. I think it was up 29% year over year. Um, some record merchandise sales. And then you've got 32 probably um, larger numbers of partners now but um, that's a record in terms of the number of corporate partners. So I'd love to understand, like, you know, why do you feel that basketball is, is leading such strong interest with both fans, sponsors, and, and the general public right now? 
I mean, I think the Raptors winning helps a lot, obviously. So we need to kind of give them the credit for, you know, putting an excellent product on the court. Um, but I think NBA basketball as a whole is really compelling. There's a bunch of different reasons. You know, one is um, there's so many more Canadians now playing in the league and some of those having really, you know, important role playing um, positions within their teams. So I think that is an interest point. Um, the game is, you know, fast paced and exciting. And I feel like we have the benefit in Canada that most Canadians learn to play the game at school. So we, we have a game that's easy to understand. There's a very low kind of barrier to, to entry on that point. Um, and with the Raptors, I mean, today we're going to see game one of the playoffs. You know, you really see a team that it looks like they love playing together. Um, and, and that is, I think, something that also draws you in. You can see the passion that our, our players have for the game. Um, but mostly, I just think that basketball is so inclusive. Um, it is a sport that really, you know, welcomes everyone. And uh, I think that that is enticing and that it's a it's you know we're we're happy to have any fan that wants to become a fan and and eager to accept them into the kind of fandom mm-hmm. and and like if you think about it the past year when the raptors won the nba championship it, it was such a proud moment for this country um you know growing up in toronto myself like i never thought that i would see jurassic parks pop up you know from saskatchewan to nova scotia and then see three million people attending the parade. Um, can, can you kind of share from your perspective what that experience was like seeing the first championship come to uh, north of the border here in Canada and, and, and why you felt that team captivated the nation? Oh, I mean, it was amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing to watch. I, I feel like it's a testament, all those Jurassic Parks popping up across the country, um, I really feel is a testament to um, the inclusivity of the game and just how sport can bring people together. I have um, never been more proud than I was to see all of those, like proud to be Canadian, to see all those people coming out on their own to, to celebrate this amazing championship run. Um, because I feel like once you become a fan, you instantly have things in common with people that you might not ha have anything else in common with. And so it's this great kind of um, equalizer, bringing people together. And it, it's just so positive to cheer on your team. Um, so, so, you know, I, I wasn't surprised. I kind of felt like our fans would come out and, and show their support. Um, I was surprised by the number of communities that decided to have viewing parties, um, but, but thrilled that it happened. And it was just so exciting to see them all. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, for such a long time, it's always felt like a hockey nation. And mm -hmm. now you're seeing basketball nets, coming up in every driveway, um, you know, kids starting to play the game at a much earlier age, a lot of uh, new Canadians coming into the country and, and being familiar with the sport. So I, I'm curious as to like the impact you feel the championship will have on kids playing the game in the future. Oh, I mean, I think that um, similar to, you know, how a lot of Canadians that are currently in the league credit Vince Carter with his play as like a big inspiration for why they wanted to play this championship will will do the same and that will inspire folks that you know I think one of the things that the last five years has proven is that it is possible if you are talented and you play really hard work really hard you can make it to the NBA or the WNBA from Canada mm -hmm. um, so all of the players that have done that have shown that path is possible and now you know we've really ignited that passion piece and that inspiration piece of this championship so, so you know my, my hope is that more kids pick up the game you know the, the part about 
uh, nets and driveways is actually true. We sell a lot of net systems in Canada per capita. Um, and so we hope that, you know, those that, that don't, like me, don't necessarily have the, the talent or the height, um, still pick up the game and stay physically fit and active. Um, but I do think that we will see, you know, the talent pipeline already is very deep from Canada. And I think we'll see that continue. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what's so interesting. I feel like in, in Canada, we generally have, what, three months of summer, four months max. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see people playing in their basketball or like with their basketball nets outdoors and, and really um, getting excited about the sport is, is awesome on so many levels. Um, you know, what, what do you think is next for the development of the league in Canada? Obviously coming off such a huge run with the Raptors and um, just seeing a record number of Canadians being drafted to the league what's next for the development of it in Canada and and where do you see it headed? You know, we obviously want to continue to engage that next generation of fans in Canada. So take the growth that we've seen, ensure we're expanding our programming, the content that we're offering, even the merchandise that we offer to make sure that we're meeting fans' needs and desires. Um, We're going to see us do a lot of testing and learning, especially right now in in a socially distant world, just kind of see how can we engage fans in new formats or different types of activations. Um, We've been doing a lot of uh, experimentation with content recently. And for those fans that are interested, we have a short documentary on Vince Carter um, that's available at nba.com slash Vince. You want to check it out. And then later today we'll have um, RDS will launch um, a documentary on Chris Boucher. En français. So if anyone uh, listening speaks French, it'll be available on rds.ca as well. Um, so really trying to kind of uh, mirror back some of the big moments in basketball history and help our newest fans understand sort of the heritage as they bring it forward into the future. Mm-hmm. And I obviously, think that, yeah. sorry to interrupt, if you haven't seen The Last Dance on Netflix, that is excellent as well. <laughs> I think the assumption is everyone's seen The Last Dance by now. It's, <laughs> it's part of popular culture. Um, that's, that's awesome. I think like, what's so cool about that is, is a lot of people forget, um, the Canadian history of the sport and and how it was invented here and, and how one of the first games, um, you know, incorporated a Toronto team. So I think that you're going, the, the idea that was in Toronto, actually. You, oh, that's right. Yeah. 1936. Um, Knickerbockers. Was, it the, was it the Toronto Huskies? Yep. Yeah. Okay. New York right. Knickerbockers against the Toronto Huskies. It's, it's amazing how much has changed since then. Um, <laughs> but I was going to say, so like you, you talked about testing and learning and how, you know, obviously the, the wild circumstances that we're in has provided such a unique um, environment for uh, the NBA to test and learn a few different things. So we can't really do this podcast without talking about, you know, the NBA playoffs starting today, um, the NBA bubble in Orlando. And then one thing that I had a really um, cool opportunity to join last week was um, being a member of the Microsoft Teams Together um, activation. I guess uh, Michelob Ultra is sponsoring the courtside section. To, so I was a fan of one of um, one of a, a big group of people uh, to kind of watch the Miami Heat game. So that that was kind of one of the coolest things that I've seen, especially from a from a new and innovative perspective. Is is that inclusion of the teams together app and, and how um, the NBA has been leveraging it. So I, I would love to understand, like, you know, how is that adding to the fan experience? Like, w- what are some things that you've seen from it? And 
and can for those of us that don't know about the the team's inclusion and and the Michael Ultra um, sponsorship there, is there anything you'd like to share about it? Yeah, sure. So we have a great partner in Microsoft that was willing to kind of work with us and try something new. We had also as a league the good fortune of being able to see other um, leagues start up around the world and what they had done with sort of fanless buildings uh, to incorporate fans. So I mean, I'm sure everyone has seen everything from cardboard cutouts to, um, you know, engineered fan noise. And we were trying to figure out what would work for us um, as, as a league. Um, and so they really presented this interesting solution for us to be able to bring our fans into the, into the arenas. The cool thing about that, ex that kind of experience of being a virtual fan is that you get to see the game live on your screen while you also get to see the fans that are in your section. And mm -hmm. so I feel like it's a, the closest thing to, um, to kind of being in a suite maybe at a game where you can still talk to each other uh, and see each other, but then you can cheer on your, and, and the players can hear you while you're cheering, which is also really interesting. So as a playoffs heat up, I expect to see some of those virtual fans get a little louder. Um, you know, nothing really replaces the in-game experience, but this is a really cool way to be part of it and show your fandom. And so, um, similar to you, you know, a bunch of us from our office joined last week to try it for the first time. And I, and I think it was fun. Um, it's a good example of experimentation, you know, um, and, and we're thankful for the partners that helped us make it happen. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was such a fun experience. And I think, um, you know, that's the unique part about where we are in the sports industry right now is there's a lot of opportunity to bring forward innovation and new concepts. And, and that was no exception. So I, I personally loved it. Um, we have another app integration, which I don't know if uh, is not quite as um, maybe talked about, but mm -hmm. there is a, in the NBA app, so just our, our regular app, if there's a tap to cheer function, so you can mm -hmm. select whatever game you're watching on television and you can cheer along on your app. Um, it's responsive. It's sort of fun as you cheer, you know, different sort of icons and emojis pop up, but you also can see from around the world, how many fans are cheering for, for which of the two teams. Um, and, cool. uh, and my kids actually really love it. So that's another one, if, especially right now with so many day games, if you're watching with kids, that's a fun one. And, and actually it's, I, I got to check that out. Cause it's, I, I was looking at the schedule this week and it's literally games all day, every day. Or back to backs every day. Yeah. And it, it feels um, like I'm not going to get much work done this week. Cause I'm, I'm watching <laughs> basketball a lot. We're sorry in advance. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so yeah, I, I'd love to kind of talk a little bit more on the sponsorship lens and, and a few things that I've been seeing on the court. So, you know, it's the first time in the sports leagues in general have been in a bubble system. Um, what I thought was really cool was that local teams are getting an opportunity to really shine with their brand sponsors and um, focus on including them digitally on broadcast. So with all that's going on, um, it's great to have a local spotlight. It's awesome to have make goods that can be offered for team partners. Um, but how important has that been to, to offer that opportunity for, for the teams? And, uh, you know, and, and heading into the playoffs, uh, does, that, does that kind of um, change at all? Is that, is that similar to how it is now? It's awesome to, I would love to hear about that. Yeah, so so virtual signage is what we're talking about, um, mm -hmm. and the 
you know, it's incredible how much that technology has improved that we can, from a central point, insert virtual signage into different broadcasts. Um, so, you know, for example, um, there are there will be games in the playoffs and as we get into finals that will have different signage being shown in the United States than is shown on our international feed, for example, um, which is fantastic. It's, it's similar a little bit to the Jersey patch and that it's advertising that you can't skip. So it's great value for a partner. Um, there's nothing like being literally embedded into the game itself. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it looks really good as well. So, so yeah, so we started we started the virtual signage with the seeding games. It'll continue right through the finals. Um, and, uh, and I think that it's been, it's been good for each of the teams to be able to, like you're, you're saying, you know, really deliver value to their partners that would normally see that value in, the, in their home arenas that, you know, right now we're, we're not able to use. Mm -hmm. And, and I've, I've noticed that it feels so seamlessly integrated into the broadcast. So not only from a sponsor lens, or am I not really noticing it um, like overpowering any of the gameplay, which is awesome. But then even the fan inclusion that we talked about earlier, it just feels so naturally a part of, of the experience. And it, it, it's awesome what you guys have done because I think there's so many different facets and layers to it, but it's, it's cool to see both on the, the fan experience side and, and the sponsor integration front that, you know, all of it feels like it's part of one awesome broadcast experience. Well, that's great. I'm, I will pass along the compliment to the very <laughs> many people that are working to do the actual virtual signage insertion and all the production. Um, I know it's been, it's been a, an enormous lift, but I agree with you. I think the fan experience is, is amazing. <laughs> Please do pass that on. Um, so listen, how, like, how has the whole experience in Orlando been? Obviously, you, you don't have an opportunity to go there um, due to the border closures, but, you know, are, are there anything, is there anything you're seeing in terms of how partners are activating around the Orlando experience or, or within the bubble as a whole? So most of our partners are actually um, not in Orlando and that's on purpose. Uh, we're trying to really limit for health and safety reasons, the number of people that are sort of on the Disney property itself. Um, but we are activating, you know, in our own market. So our Canadian partners are activating here. And so one of the things that we've done to kind of realize that we can't, you know, do live events right now, we've done with Toys R Us, developed driveway games and skills instruction videos to kind of keep kids moving. Um, you know, we've worked with our partners on other forms of, you know, media integrations. And uh, this week, actually, we just last week launched the NBA Playoff Racket Challenge with Tangerine. So up until the 21st, you have a chance to enter to win a million dollars if you can get a perfect bracket. Um, so we're trying to really bring fans in from every way we can, um, a multitude of different forms of activation. Um, on the ground itself, from what I mean, I see in the videos that the players are putting out and uh, what I hear from staff is just that, you know, it's been, it's very much um, a fun experience, that they're enjoying it, that, you know, there's lots to do. They're, we've added all kinds of kind of things for the players to do. And, and honestly, watching some of the players' own videos of their experience is probably the best place I could point uh, listeners mm -hmm. to if they really want to get a good insight into what it's like to be there. I, I think that's so cool. Like, I haven't seen this before, um, but I think it's Matisse Theibel, who yeah. has a, his, his own video blogging series. And um, people seem to love it. I, I love it because it shows that different personality of the players um, that you don't always get to see. But uh, to see his passion for videography coming to life in the bubble yeah. is awesome. 
he has like two jobs. Like he has serious setup, puts out tons of videos there and they're really entertaining. So yeah. Yeah. Great to follow. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, okay. So I would love to, to pivot a little bit and talk about the WNBA. So Ooh. I actually had ordered my orange sweater um, or hoodie uh, about a week ago. And so I'm waiting patiently for that to come in. Um, but, you know, there's so much going on in the WNBA lens. So similar to the NBA bubble, um, all of the WNBA or all 12 of the WNBA teams have gone over and re- relocated to Bradenton, Florida. Um, they have their own bubble system there. So I, I would love to hear about, you know, w- what are the WNBA's plans um, for that experience? And, and is there anything we can expect moving forward from, from that league as well? Yeah, I mean, I think the WNBA has really great momentum right now. Um, they they did the first ever virtual draft, um, drafted Sabrina Ionescu overall, first overall, incredible talent. Um, we've got a couple of uh, Canadian players in the W that are playing, including, you know, Sabrina's teammate and Kia Nurse. And the games, uh, at least for fans in Canada, are more accessible than they've ever been. So we have games on every week on Sportsnet, TSN, and on Twitter. And so I would recommend to anyone listening, if you haven't seen a WNBA game, to watch one. Um, the, the skill level, the talent, it's incredible. Um, the players are amazing. Uh, and that league, obviously, I just think has, has so much upward momentum. The Orange Hoodies is just another example of them really reaching out and, and asking um, you know, other folks that appreciate women's basketball to show their love for the game by literally wearing the, the loud, proud WNBA hoodie. I'm very thrilled to hear that you bought one. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about it. Not only does it look awesome, it does, um, it, it, it does feel like there is a lot of upward momentum um, with the WNBA and with women's sports in general. So it's, it's awesome to see. I agree. Um, so we're, we're just about out of time, but I'd love to know, you know, some predictions that you might have for, for the bubble experience as we get into the playoffs. Obviously, um, you're not rooting for any team, but is there anything that you're predicting, uh, you know, from your end that you would love to see? I, uh, I have to be like Switzerland. I can't pick a team. So, uh, so I am rooting for really um, amazing officiating. How about that? <laughs> I, I hope for that too, as a no, Toronto Raptors fan, for sure. I think we're going to see great ratings. I'm excited to see all of the teams. You know, it's been really competitive play, despite the fact that they're in a bubble um, environment. And um, I, I think there's a lot of reason for fans to tune in. And, and the playoffs has started now. So, you know, we welcome each and every viewer uh, to see the exciting, fast-paced action of the NBA. Yeah, and and I guarantee you they will. Um, So I think what we've generally done with this series is try to figure out how to end this on a note to help young professionals. So there's obviously a lot of um, people challenged right now for either jobs or looking for their next opportunity. So I'd love to know, you know, is there any advice that you have as you've spent 15 years with the league office to say um, to students upcoming thinking about a career in sports, thinking about a career in marketing. Um, is there anything you might want to leave them with? So I think maybe two things. One is any job in the industry is a good job because it gets you in the door and helps you to meet other people. Um, and the second thing would be 
to be interesting. So I do a monthly coffee chat um, with anyone that's looking to get into the industry, anyone that just wants to kind of explore, hear about my career. Um, for any of your listeners, you're welcome to, to email me and I'll happily add you to that coffee chat. Um, my email is lmcnab at mba.com. Um, but the, the thing that I find is that a lot, especially right out of school people, they have the same kind of extracurriculars. They've done the same kind of career path and trajectory. And it's hard to remember anything about them. So I would say, you know, be interesting. Literally, you have an interesting passion project or hobby, share that. That's the kind of thing that, you know, if it makes your face light up, we're going to remember you from that experience. And, and that would be the other thing as you prep for interviews and, and whatnot. Like, don't be afraid to kind of show us who you are as a person, because um, that is the hardest part is when, you know, people come in super professional all the time, which is great. But then you kind of were like, okay, but what, like, how are they different than the last five people that said all the same things? Um, so, so I would say just be interesting. Yeah, I think that's great advice for for any um, young professional in any industry, right? Is is don't be afraid to show your personality. Um, you know, I think there's a unique opportunity for a lot of people to showcase that, especially now um, with how technology is bringing everyone closer together. So it's it's interesting to see you early to hear you say that because I think that's a really great point for a lot of people that uh, are looking for jobs right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Leo, thank you so much. I'm excited to tune into basketball in T minus two hours here. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I really do appreciate you coming on and uh, I, I can't wait to have this conversation again, hopefully near the end of the playoffs uh, um, and, and can't wait to see what's next for NBA Canada. So thank you for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. All right, take care. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Make sure to follow us at Sponsor Talk on Twitter and at the Sponsorship Space on LinkedIn and join our community if you're interested in learning more. Thanks and have a great day.